welcome to not an official episode of Respawning Fire. We have a side quest for you, which is this month's barf. We're doing Link to the Past this month for January. And we have Alex is Cozina, right? Yeah. His last name? Uh, that, Cozina. That's right. Alex, Alex Cozina. Uh, oh, that's right. Alex, the... Alex Cozina. <laughs> yeah. No, actually just uh, Alexander Cozina. And you're from Gamers. Correct. You want to tell us a little bit about that for people who didn't listen to your first guest spot in our show two weeks ago? Correct. So very quickly, uh, Gamers, spelt with a V instead of an A, so G-V-M-E-R-S, is a YouTube channel that creates short-form documentary-style content about uh, specifically video games that typically have been canceled or video game franchises that are no longer active. So, for example, things like Silent Hill, the franchise, Driver, uh, also uh, canceled games like, uh, for example, most recently, Eight Days, uh, which is a PlayStation 3 exclusive that uh, went the way of the Dodo, uh, and uh, other videos in that sort of vein. And they're super dope. Yeah, they're really, really yeah. high quality. I highly recommend watching just and like seriously, throw a rock and pick one. It's going to be awesome. Don't so. throw a rock at your computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for maybe the second video ever on the channel, which is like this weird experimental '80s thing. That's one. Now I have to watch that video. <laughs> yeah, that might that might be worth watching. Yeah. All right. But you're saying watch the other content first, then go see that one. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That, that's right. that's a fair compromise. Thank you. By the way, once again, I, it's very humbling hearing you guys uh, praise my channel and the content I work on. Thank you very much. Of course. Well, it's worthy of the praise. So. Well, if you do a shit it's job, we'll tell you to your face. So, <laughs> so obviously you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have with us, as usual, Chad Michael Jonas. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Michael Jonas, apparently. And uh, this is my alter ego, my different personality. And I have bad opinions. Breath of the Wild is great. That's a bad opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're here talking about Link to the Past. Um, but before we do, do this, I have one thing oh, I want to well. announce. There is something very oh, important right. that just started today. If you are listening to our content, if you have liked anything we've ever done, if there's a particular would you rather that made you pee in your own mouth with laughter, I want you to do us a huge favor. Holden's laughing at peeing in mouths, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I want you to do us a favor. That's a normal thing we do in the podcast. There's an opportunity that's available <laughs> to us or a ton of other podcasts if they win. Uh, with Kind of Funny Games Daily, where someone who is an underrepresented podcast can be a guest host on the show for a week uh, and get them a lot of visibility and experience, and we would love to be that podcast. If you can take 96 seconds and go to kindoffunny.com slash upandcomer, U-P-A-N-D-C-O-M-E-R, not come like the jizz. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's not so veer into that territory that that hard and that soon all right you know we, we, only, can get so into our, we can only get into our like poop and pee discussions at the very end of the podcast. Like, well i've already <laughs> talked about pee and jizz so far so all right, poops all right. last nothing is off the table chad i just let him go <laughs> uh, so yes please do that kind of funny.com slash up and comer just take a second to nominate us that would be so freaking great all right holden you can get back to whatever the hell you were talking about Oh, and by the way, am I allowed to hijack this and say that you can also vote for me and gamers as well? Or am I Do not it. Absolutely. I mean, yes, you can vote for whomever you like. Right. If there's a, a person out there that you're like, I would love to see this person on it, do it. I mean, but also, you can also vote twice you can do as well. Like, so if you want to vote yeah, for both yeah, exactly. of us, you can vote for both of us. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, for the record, uh, just before we started recording this, I actually went and nominated Respawn Aim Fire and not yes. myself. So 
You know, uh, I there's no That's like very sweet. Thank you. There's no love lost here. There or is that even the right turn of phrase? Basically, it's all in good fun. Yes. 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 <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. No problem. We are here to talk about Link to the Past, though. So as much fun as all that stuff is, Link to the Past, way more fun. Oh yes, fun, fun game for sure. We're gonna talk about Link to the Past. Legends Alex and I have past. played it many, many times. Yes, I believe all of us have played Link Between Worlds. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. But this is Chad's first time playing the Link to the Past. Feels like the first time. Normally I'd say let's give the honors to Alex to give his impressions first since he's the guest. Yeah, but I also talked a lot last time about it already, so yeah. It's a special moment. Chad has not played Link to the Past. And I, I chose Barf, specific, uh, Barf of the Month this month as being Link to the Past specifically for you, Chad. So I'm, I'm dying to know. So what do you think of the game? I, I feel like I'm in an oddly weird, unique situation this time because I'm the only one who hasn't played the game. And not only hasn't played the game, but also hasn't played it a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Because, Alex, you had mentioned like a hundred times you had played it. Holden, how many times do you think you've played it? Just ballpark. Honestly, probably only five. Okay, five <laughs> I, times. I mean, only five. I, I said a hundred last time. It's probably closer to like 15. Let's put it that all right, okay. 15. Okay. That's still a good number. Yeah, yeah. Still a really <laughs> yeah, good number. I, I, Dude, 15 is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is my first time playing it, which means all of the challenges, all of the bosses, everything was new to me, so I had to figure it out on my own. And I had a very frustrating, very poor time with this game, you guys. Really? <laughs> I did not enjoy my time with Zelda A Link to the Past at all. In fact, really? In fact, halfway through the month, I got to the end of the third, not the end of the third Dark World dungeon. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. The one in uh, the, the woods? graveyard. Yes. Yeah, yeah, in Lost yeah. Woods. Yeah, yeah. Skull graveyard, whatever the fuck. Yeah. I got to the end of that one, and I literally said, "I'm not doing it. I'm not finishing this game. This is where I stop. I'm done." <laughs> so you didn't beat it. But oh, two days later, I said. I'm gonna fucking. I'm just gonna do one more dungeon, and I did trek on through, and I finally did beat it this past Sunday before our Ooh. podcast. I finished the entire game, <laughs> still did not enjoy my time with it. Really, and here's why: like a lot of SNES games that I've played recently, I've found that a lot of it, it is so long for not the reasons that I enjoy. It's it's long because I feel like. You can't know where Alex to go. Alex is uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm thinking how I'm going to respond to this. Go on. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time with this too, Alex. So, okay. so here's, Chad, you're a terrible person. So here's where it is. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> here's what it is. Go ahead, Chad. No, all, all opinions like, are legitimate. All opinions are legitimate. I'm, I'm just kidding. I feel like every single item or thing that you need to know how to get, or like like whether it's a side quest or a main quest is so hidden unless you literally talk to every single person in the whole fucking world or you read every sign in the whole fucking world. Things like, uh, oh, you got to go dig up a flute in the one tiny corner of a grid <laughs> of this forest that you first of all had to even fucking know to dig up. And then you get the flute and you're like, what the fuck do you do with it? Oh, of course you stand in front of a weather vane and it turns into a magic duck that flies you places that you can't access the sixth <laughs> thing without right. going to. Of course that makes sense. So it all took way too long, and you guys probably didn't run into that issue because you've done it a hundred times, and you know exactly where to go, and so it's probably an enjoyable, quick experience. That, so I had to use a guide a a ton, 
a ton throughout this thing to figure out what the fuck do I do next. Couple that with I think it is way too hard. This game it is, is a hard. I think it is a hard Zelda game. So difficult game. and. So I will say, uh, we'll get into all of this later, but my response to that is, I don't entirely disagree. There's stuff that you were saying earlier that I'm like, ooh, we might have to educate you on some stuff. But that I'm, I, can, <laughs> I, 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 can meet, I can meet in the middle with you on that, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Sure. So uh, the difficulty, I feel like I was spoiled with the SNES Classic. We'll get into how I use that in a little bit. But if I were playing this regularly without the use of save states or the ability to rewind like on the SNES classic when you fight some of these bosses literally every single boss took me at least 10 times to beat some of them 20 (laughs) to 25 and if I had to go through the dungeon again from the beginning entryway to make my way to that boss every single time with my items being used and all that kind of stuff I there's no way I would have finished this game absolutely would have quit a long time ago I will say I do have a memory of the bosses being very, very hard. In particular, I remember the Skull um, Woods boss being hard. With That's the, the one that caused me to quit the game. All yeah. around the level, and it's the the floor is moving. You twist yeah. spikes. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that caused me to quit the game and then yep. pick it back up two days later. But because I had save states, I had to sit right up against the TV because we all know the SNES Classic. You have to actually push the button on the console to use the save states and to rewind. So yeah, on boss by on boss battles, I would go in, I would fight, 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 die, hit the reset button, rewind a minute, fight, 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 die, and do that so many times. It was obnoxious. So yeah, I think it was way too hard, and that is due to the fact that because I think in order to beat this game, you have to have at least the tempered sword, if not the golden sword. Otherwise, it's going to be way too. Hard. You're you're going to die before you're able to do enough damage to kill anything. Mm-hmm. But the golden sword definitely helps a lot. The the method of knowing that first of all, you're led to believe Master Sword is this amazing thing that can banish evil and steal it, and you're like, cool, fucking great. That's the best sword in the game, right? No one ever tells me there's another sword out there. And then you have to go find this <laughs> frog person that wants to go meet his brother in the light world and you have to do all this shit. What? Had no idea that was out there. Learned that from another guide, like as I was on Dungeon Six. So yes, I had a very frustrating time with it. I thought it was way too difficult. I thought that some of the things you had to find were way... I, I could understand if there were things that were hard to find were hard to find, but they weren't necessary to the game. Mm-hmm. But because they were required yeah. and they were so obtuse, I I was so frustrated with this experience. Ooh. But I don't remember having the same experience with Link Between Worlds. Okay, so my first question for you, of many, is uh, have you played a lot of other Zelda games? Because I realized that I didn't really kind of ask you about that when when this got briefly brought up last time when we were talking. So I have played and beat. Um, 2D Zeldas would be Link's Awakening, Link Between Worlds, uh, Oracle of Seasons. I've played Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, beat both of those, uh, Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild. So I've played a fair number of Zelda games, yes. Hmm. And I've enjoyed all of them but Breath of the Wild and now A Link to the Past. I see. So where uh, where does A Link to the Past rank on uh, your kind of rudimentary best of worst Zeldas? Is it... Ab- above Breath of the Wild, which is in okay. last place. <laughs> okay. All right. So what makes it better than Breath of the Wild? I'm just curious. Because while it was frustrating, I did feel like there were some very clever mechanics and it was 
like like the rewards that you would get and the items that you would get make you feel a sense of progression, which I feel like was the biggest thing that was lacking in Breath of the Wild. And I thought Breath of the Wild was just all around super boring. But I I did find some challenge in Link to the uh, Link to Link the past, the yeah, which is why I feel like that ranks a little bit higher. Okay, so th- this podcast isn't about uh, Breath of the Wild. But right. uh, I will say it is interesting that you bring up Breath of the Wild and you explain that, that those are the reasons that you didn't like it because, uh, and I, I'm going to kind of break your heart, but I actually did not like uh, Breath of the Wild that much either. Um, oh, Holden, fuck you! <laughs> but my, my kind of, that was my heart snapping. But my kind book. of perspective on that game and why I didn't like it is completely different, where just before I had played Breath of the Wild, I had played uh, Majora's Mask, uh, 3D on the 3DS. Mm, And playing through that game again, I tried to focus on all the various little narrative threads and little bits of dialogue that I'd missed the first time around. Because there's a lot of, like, hidden pieces of dialogue in that game because you approach people at different times of the day and they kind of give off interesting new little, uh, like, little stories and kind of, like, micro-narratives that are entertaining to hear about. Going from that game to Breath of the Wild, which is very much kind of, like, anti-story, where... There is sort of like, it's very much about what you want to make of its giant kind of sandboxy world was very jarring for me. I wanted a Zelda game that felt like a kind of continuation of what I've been experiencing in Majora's Mask in terms of story. And instead I got a game that's very much all about you kind of like finding the courage and finding the power within you, so to speak, to kind of like accomplish its various tasks. Of course, you can, there's progression in that game in terms of like you can get, uh, you know, new and better swords, you can get uh, more heart containers and all that, but that is very much a game about uh, you're given pretty much most of what you need to beat this game at the beginning, now kind of like figure it out for yourself. And I didn't really like it for that reason. I respect it in terms of I feel like the Zelda series is getting stagnant up until that point, and I feel like that game was the correct pants that it needed, uh, but it just wasn't appealing to me for that reason. Dude, I respect that a lot. Sure. Mostly because it aligns with my yeah. same exact I, stuff. <laughs> I actually think that a lot of those... Uh, we'll, this isn't, we'll talk about this later on, but I do yeah. think that some of those Majora's Mask narrative threads, although not as robust as they are Majora's Mask, from the little I played like half sure. of that game... Um, they are there, actually. If you go to some of the towns, that kind yeah. of stuff of like people doing specific things and story yeah. things only being available certain times a day, it is still there. It's not nearly as robust as Majora's Mask, absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of that's still there, especially Kakariko Village. Yeah. Um, I do want to keep with Link to the Past, um, though, um, for this. So what were your kind of impressions of Link to the Past going back to it again uh, for the millionth time? Well, so I mean, I, I kind of briefly talked about this a little bit uh, last time that we recorded together, which is that... Um, so I originally played the game back when uh, A Link Between Worlds was coming out back in 2013. And I played it again and kind of like the kind of magic that I had played back in the day kind of wasn't there. I kind of played through it, I beat it, and I'm like, mm, this is pretty easy. I don't really have a whole lot to say. Uh, and so this time around, I'm like, I'm going to kind of like uh, spice things up for myself, you know, make it a little bit more challenging. And so I decided to do is um, I had gotten to the first Dark World dungeon and... I've gotten to the boss there, and uh, I'll let it be known that while I am pretty adept at this game, I'm not perfect at it, and I died to him a couple of times. This is the boss that you have to hit his mask with a hammer. Yeah, the Hemrock King or Hemlock King or something Yeah, Helmerock King, I think. Helmerock, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it's like a helm as in like a mask. Oh, that's right. 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 
Um, and so I'm like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to basically beat all the Dark World dungeons out of order. So starting with the seventh, then going to the sixth, and so on until I get back to the first. And God, how uh, did you do that? Th- those things hit so hard. I, it was definitely uh, going to the seventh dungeon first. You do realize like how helpful things like the blue tunic are, for example. Yeah. At that point, or like you know, I hope you had half ma- the uh, half magic ability. Yes, I did. Like that, you thank can, God. You, you, you can figure out how to get that is. pretty early on. Oh, you didn't get it? Yeah, there's yeah, there's like if you go under, you know where the the blacksmith is in Kakriko Village. There's mm-hmm. that cave underneath the house. It, um, once you get the hammer, you can access that cave, and the bat will give you the ability to reduce your magic by half as much when you use magic. Yeah. Well, damn. So, yeah, and I also really... almost never used magic unless I had to, like, for platforming purposes. Well, for the boss in uh, Turtle Rock, the oh, dungeon yeah. you're on right now, Alex, you have Fire to use magic. Swing, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, when I say that I beat them out of order, what I mean is that I went as far into each dungeon as I needed to go to get whatever item I needed to get in them so that I could mm-hmm. basically beat them in order. So, for example, in the fourth dungeon, I needed to kind of like complete a lot of that dungeon in order to get the uh, Titan's Mitt so I could lift up rocks so that I could access other parts in the game. So it's like, in some cases, for example, when I went back to the fourth dungeon during this run, it was as simple as just going to the boss and beating it because I'd already done most of the work there. Uh, But the point is, is that I didn't collect... uh, I I tried as much as possible to kind of like do things out of order um, when I was playing through the game. And, you know, the magic still wasn't there, but... I definitely was still able to appreciate the experience as a whole. I appreciated the level design. I appreciated the kind of like design of the world. I appreciated the characters. And I'm happy with it just being that. There are definitely games that I've gone back to that I've been like, oh man, I'm really nostalgic for this game. And then I play through it and I'm like, wow, this is a real piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and with this game, I can definitively say this game is a good, well made game. And I'm happy with it being just that. Mm-hmm. There are definitely some things that, to kind of Chad's point, like they don't do anymore, like the tempered sword and the golden sword. Like they had yeah. that in Link Between Worlds. They don't really do that kind of thing anymore in Zelda games, probably because it was a little vague. Um, there were a few things like that. They kind of worked out, but so much of that experience to me still just feels like, and I mean this in a good way. Every two D Zelda game that came after that, and really every other Zelda game that came after that, um, it still has that. For me, at least, that Zelda magic. Um, I last played it, honestly, probably more than a decade ago. Oh, really? Point. It, has, really? it has been a long time. Yeah. Huh. I My thought you first played it in your run-up to Link Between Worlds. Did I? Or was I that Randy? So. Maybe been Randy. I don't think that I did. No. Because I don't think that I had access to it. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely didn't. Um, so it, it maintains some of the magic for me. What I wanted to pay attention to with this one I was playing it is... In the first kind of three dungeons, this is the first, you know, Zelda game of its kind. And I was kind of curious, how do they teach you what a Zelda game is? Like, how the different puzzle mechanics in the dungeons. How do they um, teach you very basic things like that? And it's actually really cool to see, like, even in the first room of the Eastern Palace, how they teach you about switches and doors, how they unlock certain doors. Um, You are given three doors to go through, a left, middle, and right door. You can't go to the middle door because it's blocked. It's 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 locked. But the left and right doors are open. If you go to the left or right door, you go in that room. It just you get to a bridge that's cut off and broken. But on the side of the screen, you can see a bridge right where the middle door is. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I know I have to go there. So there's got to be something in this room that like helps me with it. And they just 
it's really cool to go back and see how they teach you some of those mechanics. You pay really close attention to moment, like room by room. Like every room is about something, and it's kind of cool to see that in the early dungeons. By the later dungeons, though, I think it, I agree with Chad. It got really, really hard. And it was made easier by having access to some of the optional items that I knew about, but not everybody would. Like, Chad, did you find the cape? No. I Ex- I learned yeah. almost by the end of the game that it existed. I was like, oh, I, yep. this would have been fucking helpful. <laughs> it really, exactly. <laughs> to turn like, invisible about- and fly over things and not get hit? Hell yeah. So is it? did you find the enemies to be challenging or the puzzles? Or a combination of both. Kind of a combination of of both. Um, so, like an example, where like in a this isn't even a puzzle, really, but like an example where I think it was too vague was I was in the thieves' hideout, and mm. I was just about to get to the part where that girl is in um, is locked up. Yeah, and there's three doors up to her, and I got to the door. I already had the big key. I didn't even think just to walk up to the door. <laughs> yep. Right, right. And I'm right. just like, oh, I gotta find a small key. I'll be right back. Yep. And I just went through the entire dungeon. I'm like, where the hell is this small key? And I'm just like, I'm. I had the big key. Let me just try that. And I'm like, well, goddamn it. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted yeah. that dungeon for, like, for nothing. So definitely a few points where it was a little um, vague. But yeah. then, like, today I'm doing Ganon's Tower, and oh my god, that whole dungeon is just ridiculously hard in terms of combining puzzles and combat. There was one room where you have the three wizards or wizrobes shooting at you, and the, there's no floor, apparently. Mm-hmm. But there is a floor you have to, you know, find out where right. it is by either using yeah. the, the, the block and pushing the block around, but while you're fighting these enemies. And it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, it was such a pain. So like little things like that towards the end, I thought it got it got too hard. But also that didn't really bother me so much because you're at the end of the game; it should be more challenging. Mm-hmm. What bothered me is that in the early games, you had that Zelda mechanic of here's a an item that's going to help you get through this dungeon, and then it'll help you out outside of that as well. But the last few dungeons don't give you items that are mandatory. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going to get the blue mail, so you can get reduced damage. It's useful, but you could have gone through the whole dungeon and missed it. Yeah. Things like that. Or even in um, uh, like Turtle Rock, you know, you get the mirror shield. But right. What do you really use the mirror shield yeah, for? Yeah, you have yeah, like two they, rooms and that's it. Exactly. So the, it had, and it's kind of where, I, before starting the game again, I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many dungeons in the Zelda game. I forgot how many dungeons there are. And I'm like, oh, I can see why this had the most and none ever topped it because it's just, there's too many dungeons. They don't have mm-hmm. enough gameplay to really utilize all the dungeons as best as they could have I think so I think a reduction of the number of dungeons would have been better I think Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion at least whereas I can't think of any other Zelda game where I've gotten an item in a dungeon that was useless outside that dungeon other than like the spinner in Twilight Princess yeah (laughs) yeah I mean, the, like, the one exception is usually the last dungeon, right? Like, usually the last dungeon yeah. in every Zelda game is more like a gauntlet than a, you know, let's introduce a new yeah, mechanic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the difficulty I felt with it was just that the enemies <clears throat> did so much damage to you as well. I feel yeah. like I spent the entire game with my hearts beeping at me. And I was just constantly <laughs> like, oh, thank God I found a heart. Now I'm finally not getting beeped at. And then two seconds later, fuck, now I'm being beeped at again. Mm-hmm. I mean, a subtle thing about this game that's different from all the uh, other Zelda games that follow it is that in this game you only have half hearts. You don't have quarter hearts. Right. So, obviously that doesn't help either. Yeah, I, uh, th- I definitely died a fair bit more than I was even anticipating myself. Um, yeah. You actually do get quarter hearts, kind of. 
Some enemies will hit right. you, and they don't bring down a full heart or a half a heart. So I right. guess it still counts as a quarter heart, but they don't visualize right. it. Right, and I found that typically that only happens when you get like the more and more powerful males, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so we're, we, we've been a little bit uh, kind of down on the game with regards to the difficulty <laughs> and all that. Uh, like, Chad, what's something that you did really enjoy about it, though? Like, is there anything about it that you take away that you're like, you know what, I thought that was pretty good? Um, music. I okay. feel like I say this about every game. The part that if I ever say, man, this game is great, usually it comes back to music. Um, so yeah, I loved hearing, obviously, all the themes that I was familiar with from Ocarina of Time starting out here. And yeah. Actually, almost everything about Ocarina of Time starting out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. I but, want to make a point about that. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the music in the game. Uh, the characters <clears throat> had a lot of really kind of cute, quirky dialogue as well hmm. which made them feel kind of unique and great hmm. mm. the dark world theme in particular is awesome i love the yeah. dark world theme in this game it's a really good it's one of my favorite zelda songs yeah uh, on the subject of characters uh, there's this old miyamoto quote about how when they were making ocarina of time they looked to the show twin peaks as inspiration for all the characters in it like they basically envisioned this world as being filled with all these kind of eccentric characters that each have their kind of like weird quirks in them. Like you have Don Pei, who's the grave digger. You have like the weird windmill man, and you can kind of see the seeds of it in this game. Like the characters yeah. in A Link to the Past aren't like quite as loony as anything like the windmill man, but they're no, but they're they're slowly kind of slowly getting there. At, at least that was my impression. I don't know if you disagree mm-hmm. wholeheartedly here. Yeah, I, mean, I never really thought about that part too much. Um, I mean, Kakariko Village is a, is there's a, I think a heart to that that village. I'm not sure if it's just the music or like the guy that runs away from you. Like there, there it feels like there are things happening there to the level that couldn't mm-hmm. be possible on an SNES at least. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't really. Besides, was it um, Shasharala or whatever his name is? Like, Sah- it's not really. Yeah, Sahasrella. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, there's not really many other characters in the game, so I'm kind of curious who stood out to you guys. I mean, it, for, uh, for me, it was a lot of like the weird dark world characters. Like you, oh, those are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have the guy who's like a demon who's kicking the guy who's a ball, and they're they're talking about yeah, like right. why they look like that, and they're like, well, I'm you know kind of an asshole, so I turned into a demon. And the other guy's <laughs> like, well, I'm always changing my mind, so I turned into a ball. And generally, a lot of the dark oh, the world Kirby characters were very appealing in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Um, I I did want to touch on because at least for me the the big thing of why I love Link to the Past so much is kind of what Chad talked about, and that's that in which actually I talked about when we talked about Ocarina of Time as well. I feel like Ocarina of Time gets all this credit for being the Zelda game that started Zelda games for what we know them as today, and I think that's true in terms of third person combat, but sure. in everything else, it's Link to the Past. Oh yeah, in, for sure, literally every way. Yeah. Um. I'm not getting the sense it's going to be contested much on that. You guys seem no. to agree. I, I, okay. I mean, it's not just the first kind of real Zelda game in the way that we understand Zelda games, but there are so many, like, mechanics and tropes in this game that are introduced that, like, you see kind of uh, reiterated upon in so many other games that Nintendo makes that aren't just Zelda. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like in some Metro games, like in Metro Prime 2, for example, like the whole, like, three different areas of, of the world map that you have to travel to and the Dark yeah. World mechanic... And yep. um, so uh, recently in the news, you may have heard about how a little game called Metro Prime 4 
uh, restarted production at Retro wah, Studios. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard this yet. What happened? Oh, uh, we have some we have some bad oh, news uh, for you. <laughs> oh, I, I've heard all about it. <laughs> okay, um, so we don't know what that game's going to be about or when it's going to ever show up. However, um, I was reading through some old interviews that uh, the producer of that game, Kensuke Tanabe, I believe it is, uh, mm-hmm. that he he did an interview around uh, E3 2016 when he was promoting Metroid Prime Federation Force on the 3DS. And someone asked him, was like, hey, you know, this isn't really what a lot of the Metroid community wants. Are we going to get Metroid Prime 4? And he said, yeah, we are going to get Metroid Prime 4 sometime in the future. And when it, I want to, I believe he said, I want to implement some sort of time travel mechanic where you're traveling back and forth between different time periods. We don't know if that's ever going to make huh. it into Metroid Prime 4. Perhaps Metroid Prime 4 will name materialize and it'll be nothing like that idea right there. But like that is a very a link to the past-esque idea, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just to give you an example of how this game's ideas are still permeating within Nintendo's games to this day. Absolutely. I, but I still feel like so many people still think, oh, that's just like Ocarina of Time. And I'm like, but no. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it is like Ocarina of Time, but it's also Link to the Past. Well, it's probably just that there are so many more people who played Ocarina of Time than there are Link to the Past. Oh, that's I know. True. It's just yeah. a shame. It's just a shame. Because, like, the whole structure of the game is identical. It's three dungeons to get three pendants to get the Master Sword to then save mm-hmm. seven sages, essentially, and then fight Ganon. It's the same exact structure. It's shocking. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's copy and pasted. Yeah, except for Ganondorf and Asshat Magat have different names. So that's that's true. Asshat Magat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, Agonim, right? Is that Aganim, correct? Yeah, yeah Agonim. Uh, Asshat Magat, Agonim, same thing. Yeah, Agonim and Sahasral. Those are names. Growing up, I had no clue how to pronounce either. So I don't, you know, give you any crap for not understanding them either. They're they're. It's okay. My yeah. favorite thing in the whole world is Harry Potter. And as a kid, I grew up calling the Dementors Dementors because I had only read the term. That's not so bad. (laughs) Everyone knows what you meant still. Yeah. Um, But I guess I've always loved Link to the Past. I think the reason why it stands out as, like, one of my favorite Zelda games is because, like, that's actually the... mm, Seasons was the first Zelda game I played, but I played Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance a few years later. And I think that's the game that kind of made me really fall in love with Zelda games. So it's, I kind of always had that special place in my heart. Um, for, for, just for that that reason alone, but also like going back into the world again, um, I had forgotten where all the little secrets were. So like I'm still I was still having fun like trying to find all the hard pieces and all that kind of stuff. And some of that's some of those are shockingly well hidden. Can I ask you, you guys? Did anyone get the the heart that is on Death Mountain all the way at the top? That's like on a it's like as high as you can get Death Mountain. Just when you get up to the top of the level. And then it's like on its own little thing with yes, clouds. Yes, it's on its own little it. like a peak. No, I saw mm. it and I said, I'm not going to fucking try for that. Do you remember? Do you know how to get that one? I, I couldn't. For the life of so, me, I couldn't figure it out. So, I know it's Dark World related. You have to go to the Dark World just to be, warp over. Just to be clear that we're talking about the uh, same one. This is the one that is right of the uh, third dungeon in the game, right? Yes. This is, but yes. it's but it's left of where you would go to Turtle Rock in the Dark World, right? Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I believe that what you have to do is, yeah, you have to go into the Dark World, and then you have to switch it back into the Light World in that location. It's either that... But how do you get to that location? Even in the Dark World, I couldn't figure it out. Oh, no. So, okay, so you have to be in the Dark World, and then you switch back into the Light World. But before that, you have to go into a cave in the Dark World, and then basically surface, and then you switch to the Light World. Okay. Yeah, I I don't remember the exact procedure, but I got all twenty hearts when I played, so I know that I did get it. So it's not unobtainable. 
Oh, I know. It's, it obviously, it's attainable. Yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing if they just made something <laughs> what a could troll not move. get in the whole yeah. game. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really have much else to say about the game because um, I already loved. it. I just really wanted to hear Chad shit all over the game. I was dying <laughs> to hear Chad shit all over the game. <laughs> I legit when I started play, when I was halfway through this game, I was like, "Do I just not like Zelda? Am I just learning this year that I hate Zelda?" But then I went back and I was like, no. I played Ocarina of Time a few months ago. I loved it. I beat Majora's Mask, 100% of it. Loved it. I think I just... I don't know what it is about... The, well, I do know what it is about this one. It was too hard. It was too frustrating. Too vague. Too ambiguous. Oh, uh, man. You're going to love uh, Zelda 2 next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're going to take a break from Zelda games for a while just for my sanity. Yeah. Okay. If you guys ever do a barf on Zelda 2, though, I'll be there. And I'll, I'll, I'll defend I've, even that one. I've never you. played Zelda 2. Zelda 2 Ooh. and... Um, and Majora's Mask are the two Zelda games I've never... Well, and Skyward Sword. I never beat Skyward Sword. I haven't beaten those three Zelda games. Yeah, I'm... Where does one even find Zelda 2? Uh, oh, you can get it. Oh, I... I uh, it's, it's on the Switch. Yeah. Virtual console. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. The 3DS, gotcha. yeah. I have it there. Yeah, NES Classic as well, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, so I wanted to say something else uh, that I liked about this game, too. Um, and this kind of goes a little bit back to our discussion at the beginning of the show about... Um, Breath of the Wild, where you know one of the big things that Breath of the Wild tried to do is it tried to break away from the rigidness uh, seen in Skyward Sword and kind of offer a Zelda game where you could go to any dungeon in any order and complete it, you know, however it is that you chose to do. And uh, a link to the past I found uh, is unique in that I feel like it strikes a good balance between being a kind of very linear and very structured and being entirely kind of non-linear, where, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when you get to the Dark World dungeons, it allows you to kind of like skip over certain dungeons and attempt uh, certain dungeons sort of out of order. It doesn't allow you to go and attempt them in any order, but it doesn't kind of uh, force you to kind of like beat certain ones in between certain ones. Like... You can yeah. you can go, all right, I'm going to beat the first dungeon, and I'm going to beat the third dungeon, and then based on that, I'm going to attempt the sixth dungeon, but I don't need to attempt the second dungeon and the fifth dungeon. It doesn't force yeah. you to do that, which, by the way, I, I'm sure somebody in the comments screamed, no, no, you actually have to beat the second dungeon if you want to attempt the sixth dungeon. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know that's true, but I'm saying is that I appreciate that this game, I feel... It, it struck a better compromise than I feel uh, games like uh, Breath of the Wild did, where I feel like in that game, uh, it because basically all the kind of dungeons in that game could be attempted at any single point, the kind of complexity of the puzzles basically in them was significantly dumbed down as a result. And so I feel like this game, by making it so that you, you have to kind of like have attempted and beaten certain challenges before attempting certain higher level dungeons, there can still be that complexity uh, in their design and them. So I want to highlight that as something that I really appreciate about this game. Actually, on that note too, actually, because you made me realize something that I will play in the game. Um, one thing that I mentioned that I really want for the next Zelda game, actually, it was accomplished in Link to the Past already. And that's that where you have these dungeons that are, are a part of the environment. Yes. Okay. I'm yeah. really glad you mentioned that because I, I had that in the back of my head. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so like Skullwoods is an example. I mean, there are multiple entrances into that dungeon from the woods themselves. And while you're in that dungeon, you'll leave the dungeon to go into the woods to enter in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's that's probably the the most apparent. But it's also in the second dungeon is a little bit of that, where you leave the dungeon right. to go into a cave in the back. Sort of rock you'll go out at a certain point. Yeah. Um, that's really, really cool. For like For the next Zelda game, I think it would be the most amazing thing if like you saw this mountain 
and there's all these caves like coming out of like uh, yeah. coming out of the mountain, and you could enter the cave from uh, enter the mountain from any one of those caves that will change how you're approaching that dungeon, or something like that. Yeah, that kind of idea of multiple entrances. I'm having to utilize the exterior of that environment or that dungeon to navigate that dungeon inside, just like Hyrule Castle kind of was in in Breath of the Wild, kind of like that. Yeah, I really want that in the next Zelda game because it works really well in Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. It makes the dungeons and the world feel like one, as opposed to, oh, cool, now I'm in Temple. Yeah, that's just separate from everything else. So I really enjoyed that about it because every almost every dungeon had some sort of connection to the overworld in the Dark World. Mm. Um. Minus, like, ones that are more um, uh, um, separated, like Ice Palace, which is basically just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I really, really like that about the game. And I'm trying to think of another Zelda game that does anything close to that. I can think of, like, Dragon Roost Island and Wind Waker. Right. Um, Well, what they did in that game is that they just kind of made it so that the outdoorsy areas that would otherwise not be part of the dungeon are just part of the dungeon, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I I, I was going to say, Chad, like, it's unfortunate that... Uh, Skull Woods really kind of gave you a hard time and made you nearly quit, but for the exact same reason I was saying, like Skull Woods is probably my favorite dungeon for that reason. And that was yeah. one that I ran into a lot of roadblocks. Hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. first of all, who the fuck knows that you're supposed to shoot fire at a uh, scorpion rock, right, in right, in order to fucking open the last part of the dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> I had no I, idea. I was running around for literally like 45 minutes trying, what the fuck do I do next? Yeah, there, there are definitely there are definitely obtuse moments like that throughout the game that people like us that have beaten it so many times know by heart, but are definitely a yeah. roadblock to people like you that have only never even mm-hmm. attempted it. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing to keep in mind too is it's the time of the SNES. People had that game and played that game over the course of months. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's what these things Same were here. meant to do. You're supposed to. They're mm-hmm. meant to. Those games are meant to be long for like these obtuse reasons so you feel like you're getting your money's worth out of it because yeah. they want you to sit home and play it for hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours. So they're like, oh man, yeah, let's uh, make it either really difficult to figure out what to do or you have to talk to every single person to figure out what to do. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, even like going to the flute thing, a moment there I think was unnecessarily obtuse is when the the kid is telling you where his flute is hidden. He's like, oh, it's in the flowers somewhere, right? He says that, and then that's it. You only hear that the one time. And if you just kind of glossed over that quickly... Yeah, I did. <laughs> that's, yep, that's it. You missed it. You missed the hint. You cannot a, get that A, way too fast, and then fuck. Now what? So even if it was like playing over the course of a few months, well, if you did that a month ago, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you didn't have the internet because it's 1993. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I will say, like, for full disclosure, earlier we were bringing up, you know, looking online and looking up solutions... In fact, when I was playing through this game for the first time, I actually did consult uh, certain solutions online to help me fully beat it. Uh, th- this is actually a funny story. Uh, I remember I was I was pretty far in the game. Like I don't want it to sound like I was using I uh, sort of a uh, walkthrough right from the beginning. I was pretty far into the dark world, and I remember I was like, "Ah, oh, crap! I'm really stuck. What am I going to do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I can just call the customer helpline uh, that comes on Nintendo." products and i can serve like, call oh, yeah. that person because i thought it was like the nintendo like game counselor helpline from back in the 80s where it would be some person that would help you out with any game and that you would pay an ex- absorbent amount of money to them um turns out that wasn't the case um but the the very lovely lady on the other end of the line was like yeah i can't help you with this but i can recommend you to these zelda's fan sites that you can uh, go and check out and 
I don't remember what those Zelda fan sites are. I think one of them might have been like Zelda Universe, which is a real... It is Zelda Universe, yep. yeah. Zelda Universe. There's also another one called... Of Ze- course I know ZeldaUniverse.com. <laughs> yeah, Zelda Informer is another one. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it was a couple another of like... Another good one is uh, Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you can find certain some video game footage on there. I heard that Fallout 4 was all over it a couple of months ago. No, uh, when the Breath of the Wild uh, teaser came out, it was like one of the top-ranked videos on Pornhub for, for like a yeah. few hours or something like that after it came out. Yeah. But all, all that to say, uh, this game was actually one of the very first games that I actually did consult online guides uh, for to help me beat it. I still did a lot of the legwork myself. I don't want it to make it sound like... You know, I actually actually kind of leaned on these guys and I'm making it sound like you just had it open next to your next to you the entire time, just reading it as you're playing the no, game. No, <laughs> left room. Okay, I had, to, I had to use my parents' desktop computer that was in a completely different room, so I, there's no way I could have done that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I will say I did use a bit of that guide too, so that definitely colored my experience. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. Good word choice. Colored my experience. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's that's all I have to say about Zelda: Link to the Past. Any final thoughts for you guys? No. All right. Uh, so, would I, you I'll be recommend? Okay if I don't play another Zelda game for a while. Yeah. So you don't recommend it, Chad? I, I, I don't. If you've played it before, I recommend you go back and play because you know what to do already. If you've never played it, <laughs> stay away. <laughs> stay away, Alex. You feel the same way, I bet. Uh, you know what? Uh, a, a common question that gets brought up, uh, not just on podcasts like this, but on more or less any gaming podcast is like, hey, you know, I'm an adult now. I have uh, a child. I want to introduce them to the world of video games. What video games do I introduce them to? And oftentimes, you know, various kind of like uh, responses like, oh, they should play this super easy platformer. Uh, it, it'll be easy for them to figure out on their own. Um, in my case, uh, if I were in that situation, I would say, you know what? Play Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, but be there to kind of help guide them when they get stuck. I think that this is... Yeah. Totally the kind of game that I think anyone and everyone should attempt, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with being there to kind of help out that person who's trying it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I also say if you haven't played this game before, but you do like the Zelda games, and you want a more challenging one because Zelda games are too easy, you should you should pick this one up because it yeah. is a, a very challenging game. Yeah. And it's not just because the controls are more challenging. Mm-hmm. It's because it's actually a challenging game. Um, so I and I totally agree with what you, what your point as well. I think it's actually if you're early on video games, it's not a bad place to start, just because this is where a lot of those mechanics are invented. So kind of for the history yeah. of it, you kind of just start from there. So yeah, yeah, it'll give well, you good perspective on everything that comes after it. Yep. Duh. All right. Well, Chad, do you want to close this out? Yeah. So uh, next month's barf backlog accomplishments with respawn and friends will be Bioshock Two. Ooh. Including the Minerva's Den DLC, because rumors have it that uh, it's, it's the best piece of DLC ever released for a game. So uh, that's I'm, what's part of in- that inclusion. I don't think I'm going to be there for that barf, uh, but I will say, Bioshock Two, very fun game, very underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we played, I played the first Holden one. Is not. Yeah, we played Bioshock One as a barf for like six, seven months ago. Mm. No, it was a year ago. Was it a year ago? We're so yeah. old. <laughs> Yeah. So it Bioshock was one of our first 2. Ones. It was the second barf. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If you guys have the Bioshock collection from that one, you can still play along with this one. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of funny.com slash up and coming. Up and comer. Up and comer. U P A N D C O M E R. Nominate us, please. Por favor. And we will see you next week for another episode with two more guests from the kind of funny community. 
Yay! Thank you again, Alex, for coming on our show. Do you want to no plug problem. anything one more time? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Gamers with a V, so G-V-M-E-R-S. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Alex Gozina. Uh, and in t- uh, you can you could follow gamers on Twitter at gamers. However, unfortunately, our gamers uh, Twitter account uh, had a bit of a boo boo and is now mm-hmm. down for the time being. So instead, you can follow at the Eilert. That is T H E A I L E R T to get all your latest news and videos from the gamers uh, YouTube account for the time being. Dope. Thanks again, Alex, for joining us. Until next Thank time. You. Ooh. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.